Hello, and welcome to Budgeting Redefined. Today we talk with Nick Skye. He is the co-founder of an app that rounds up your transactions and allows you to pay off your student loans faster. The name of the app is Changed, and we talk about how the app functions and also the state of student loan debt. Uh, but before that, uh, Dan and I talk a little bit about Christmas, and we appreciate you listening, and let's jump right in. Welcome back. Budgeting Redefined. I'm Drew Adams. I'm here with Dan T. Taller. And this is your favorite time of year. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. How's it going? How's Christmas doing for you? You know, it's actually a little... Um, I'm trying to get into it a little bit right now because we were in Utah for a couple weeks visiting family over yep. Thanksgiving. Did you have some of the Jello? I did. I had... <laughs> Drew and I had a follow-up conversation about the Jello I talked about. On the last podcast, we need some. Do, do retractions uh, need to I, I be do, made? I do. I okay, do need to make it. a retraction. So when I came home for Thanksgiving, my sister Jennifer, who uh, is known for knowing the 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 culture of our family a little deeper than I do, the history, the stories, the food, the whole thing. So she told me I was way off base in the way I described the. Um, the Jello last time, she was just offended that I said that there might be Cool Whip on top because apparently the <laughs> the topping on this dressing is this custard that's made from the juices of the um, mandarin oranges and the pineapple wow. with like egg and some flour to make a custard, and then that gets folded into <laughs> whipping cream. And laid on top nicely, which is uh, like, uh, you know, after I tasted it independent of the jello, I never ate it by itself, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it does like have its own like kind of fruity, uh, whipping Wonderful cream flavor. <laughs> you like, you so summarize anyway, it as Jen, cool whip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was just like, which I can appreciate, you know, that, that really takes some work to, to make that whole thing. So, so uh, Real quick, we're going to talk uh, with Nick Sky later, who is a co-founder of the Changed app, which helps people with student loans. And I, but before we go there, I just want to real quick, how do you budget for your Christmas spending for your wife and your kids? Do you have a methodology? Yeah. So this year, um, we started adding savings amounts into weekly for a particular dollar amount. And then basically at the beginning of December, we take that dollar amount, whatever we, we put away throughout the year and just drop it into our weekly budget. And so, um, I'd like to augment that and actually support having a, uh, tracker for that in weekly, having a fund that's like, Hey, here's all of our Christmas money. And every week, if you're putting, you know, $30 away for Christmas, then it just sits there and that fund accumulates. And then you could transfer that amount back into your safe to spend, um, or you could have transactions pull from the fund or whatever. But mm -hmm. that's what we did this year, and it actually worked out really well because there's always this feeling like um, how much do you spend on Christmas mm -hmm. that gets influenced by, like, what you want to buy, you know? Yeah, so it's uh -huh. really easy to overspend by thinking, like, yeah, but this is, like, really cool. Or if we get somebody this big gift, we got to get this other big gift for the yep. other kid, and then it's just, like, you don't have a clear benchmark. So, so you use one number for the entire family? 
Yeah, although we kind of break it down, you know, in terms of fairness for the kids in what we buy, mm-hmm. but we don't track it like in separate funds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what? How much you budget? Like you say, well, it's just however many dollars for this child versus that child versus saying what feels like the right amount of gift because the fifty dollars for a young child can go a long way and buy ten gifts or just one gift. So, quantity and and of gifts and dollar amount of gifts. It's an interesting little mix. Yeah. It's, there's so many variables, even the size of the present, right. Can make a big difference. I remember when I was growing up, um, I can't remember who was upset, but my younger sister got a bed, which is just kind of like a little bit of a bland gift. It was like a Barney bed and she thought it was cool. But as an adult, it's like, it's just a bed. Right. But, um, somebody, it might've been me was like really upset that she got this huge gift and we got like something smaller, right? right. You mean, so by huge, you mean in the size, it's the, the physical size, size the physical of the size of it. It's like very large. Mm-hmm. It's taking up half the living room, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like we all have our own things. Uh, so it's just such a funny thing to navigate, especially with kids. One of the one of the interesting traditions that um, I grew up with in Christmas that I thought was pretty normal, but now I'm not quite so sure how normal it is. Is that when you hang stockings. You hang real socks. Hmm. Not not like a an idea of what your sock would have looked in the eighteen hundreds, like <laughs> like or like what of Santa's socks, just like big like an and red. Yeah. yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Of course. And I think that's what most people do, but we were like, it's stockings. It should be your real socks. And so we'll put our real socks on the mantle and it has the added benefit of if you're a small child, you have a small stocking, you get the appropriate amount of candy for uh, your size. Yes. Right. What, what type of stockings do you use? Yeah, we, we use do like you, the kind of the oven mitt, like, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, style of so- stocking. I guess you could get different sizes of those too. What's to a go. real memorable gift from your childhood? I got uh, a bike one year that I was really pumped about. Oh, one year I asked for a Palm Pilot, which tells you oh, a little yeah. bit about me. Mm-hmm. I mean... There weren't like games on the Palm Pilot. It's like to-do lists and stuff, right? Yeah. I'm into that organization. I was probably like 13 or 14. And um, Santa always put the big gift from like Santa Claus, right? Out, unwrapped, out, you know, in the living room next to your stocking. So when you run downstairs or, you know, get into the living room, there it is. It's just pow. Uh, this one year I had asked for... Um, a Palm Pilot, and I thought I was going to get it. And I came into the living room, and there was a pair of these soap shoes, which are like shoes with a grinding plate on the bottom, so you can like slide on a railing or something, which is kind of like cool. I was also into that, but they're like twenty dollars shoes. Slide Sorry, on a railing, is, like like a skateboard. You'd like slide on a railing, but it's just shoes. What? This this yeah. is a thing. Yeah, they're called soaps. So, okay. Yeah. Uh huh. So I, so those were like sitting next to my stocking with a note in it that said something like good things come to those who wait or something like that. And I was just devastated. I was like, this is crap. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't get what I want. And then I had this little note that's like deal with it and like have a good attitude. Right. That's how I interpreted that. So I, you know, I put on a smile, but I was pretty disappointed. However, later on when we were unwrapping gifts, the... Palm Pilot was in there. wrapped in the gifts, and I was I was very excited. So okay. 
That's that's a memorable <laughs> story yeah. from one, you know, yeah. the Christmas gift scene. Yeah, cool. All right, so coming up next, we're going to have Nick Sky from from Change. Do you have any student loan story? Oh, did you graduate with student loans? I do, yes. Oh, okay. I still have them. A few, a few thousand dollars. Oh, you're still, gone still, still paying them off. A little bit. Yeah, so we learned uh, some things about student loans. We're going to talk with um, uh, Nick Sky about his app and the current state of student loans. And uh, stick around. So we'll be right back. I would like to welcome here Nick Sky, the co-founder of Changed a innovative app that helps manage student loans. Actually, it helps you reduce your amount of student loan debt through um, rounding up your purchases and automatically applying them to your student loans. So we're going to talk about student loans here with Nick. Nick, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you both for having me, Jim. Dan, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to talk about some student loan debt. Yeah, so we, we before we started recording, we were just talking, and you were saying the amount of student loan debt is $1.6 trillion today? Yeah, it's it's a really big number that's hard to kind of wrap your mind around. Yeah. But if you break it down, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a very interesting number. So it's uh, student loan debt on a national level only follows only mortgage debt, so Auto loans, credit cards, those are all behind student loan debt in terms of the aggregate student loan debt across uh, the country. And over 45 million Americans carry student loan debt. And that's a big number, right? But what's really interesting is that it affects more than just a borrower. If you can imagine putting yourselves in the shoes of a recent graduate that's leaving with forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in student loan debt, you're not going to be able to make the same financial decisions that your parents did when they left with maybe $5,000 in student loan debt, if, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's affecting, you know, the parents that have to help out a little bit to get their kids up on their feet. People are living at home a little bit longer so they can manage their student loan debt. Um, you know, for instance, home buying is, has been delayed by over 10 years in the past decade mm-hmm. just because people are carrying this massive uh, debt uh, burdens, and it's it's not just student loan debt, but it's definitely a contributing factor. Uh, people are buying their homes in their mid twenties just ten years ago. Now they're waiting until their mid thirties until they have a better grasp on their financial life. Yeah. Uh, but you know, other statistics: the average graduate leaves with around forty thousand dollars in student loan debt. Seventy um, percent of graduates leave with some type of student loan debt, so it is affecting a lot of the students that are going to school. Um, it disproportionately affects uh, females. Two thirds of the $1.6 trillion is held by women. Hmm. Um, Why would that be? It's like, I'm not exactly sure behind what the reason is, but you know, maybe more women are going to college and getting an education. Um, And if we get into the political scene and just the general society about the gender pay gap, that's, you know, if more women carry this debt, and they're getting paid less in their careers, that's like a compounding negative effect. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a real problem. Um, the thing is with student loan debt, student loan servicers encourage you to put it in the back of your mind. So they, they say, you know, hey, you recently graduated, you have six months before you have to make your first payment. Um, you know, set up auto pay so you don't have, even have to worry about it. And then on average, people end up extending their repayment plans, and it takes an average of 21 years to repay that debt. So mm-hmm. then if we graduate today, we're not making our last student loan payment until 2040. And that's something right. that really 
uh, part of my French pissed us off. And we were like, this is not something we want to, you know, be known for as a generation because we're better than this. Yeah. Uh, so what we're trying to do with change is not only provide this, this platform for people to make additional payments and stay ahead of their loan, we're also helping reframe the value of that extra payment because with our platform, we're able to guarantee a return on investment with every single payment set. So, you know, the markets are somewhat stable and you understand that, you know, it's, there's not a hundred percent guaranteed return investment. When you make a payment toward an interest bearing loan, that is a hundred percent guaranteed that you're making that percentage on the money that you've sent. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into the app in, in just a second, but I also want to go back just, just a touch. One of the funny things I remember when Obama was running for president back in 2008, one of the things that really dawned on me on how long student loan debt can last was he was saying about, he was talking about the student loan problem. He's like, listen, I just paid off my student loans like three years ago and I'm running for president today. You know, it just, it was like, it really dawned on me at that point. We have this, yeah, we have this really cool section on our website um, that just has fun facts and it has like all these people that you wouldn't expect to have student loan debt that has taken out student loans. And uh, Barack Obama is one of the the featured (laughs) Uh, people on there and yeah it's crazy i mean he went to law school he's very well educated um and it takes a while to pay off several hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in student loan debt who's another interesting name off of that list um it's an actor uh another kate walsh miles teller um and a, and a few other an nfl player professional football player i actually read a story uh, about a month and a half ago um, about an NFL player that was recently drafted or something like that. And they asked him what was one of the first things he would do with his first contract payment. He's like, the first thing I did was pay off my student loan debt. Yeah. Like, and then like a couple of years back when we started the company, there was a survey done by like the wall street journal, or, like the Washington post that asked millennials what they wanted for Christmas. And a lot of them said my student loans to be paid. My student yeah. loans to be paid. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. So uh, regarding those numbers, you said it's $40,000 today is the average student loan debt and it was $8,000 previously. How long ago was that? I mean, I don't have the statistics on okay. like individual debt from the past decades, but I know just 15 years ago, the national debt was at 300 billion. Mm-hmm. Now it's at 1.6 trillion. Mm-hmm. So it's grown exponentially in just the last 15 years. And is it universities are just charging more? Like what's the root of this? So, yeah. So the problem we're solving at change is the problem that already exists. Yes. There needs to be something done yeah. at the root of the problem to prevent this from happening. And it has a lot to do with the fact that the government said, Hey, we're going to write a blank check for you to go to college so we can have a college or college educated workforce, which is great. But the university saw this as, oh, wait, the government is giving us a guaranteed loan. And if we raise our tuitions and we build new stadiums and we build new wings of things all across our campus, we can, we can you know, ask for more in tuition. Uh, so not to mention that the fact that the cost of a book and, uh, you know, a new version every year costs hundreds of dollars in college. Living out in college is expensive. There's no, the root of the problem is, uh, you know, universities, um, charging what they charge uh, for tuition. Like the, the rate of tuition has grown like three or four X over what the rate of like inflation uh, has over the last a couple of decades. Okay. 
So tell us your personal student loan story. Do you mind? Yeah. Um, so, so first I, I started this company with my brother and co-founder Dan. Uh, Dan graduated in 2014 with around $70,000 in student loan debt. Okay. Um, he was going to school full time and he worked full time. And, you know, after graduating college, he decided to stay in that position uh, because he would have to take a salary pay cut if he started an entry level position in his degree field. So like, okay, I'm going to stay in the sales job, make some money. And three years after graduating, he'd save, he saved up enough money to put a down payment on his first home. He was excited. Um, he took me out to see a couple places. He found the one he loved. Uh, and he got approved for the mortgage, which was great. But then we went back home to crunch numbers. And he realized that adding a $2,000 a month mortgage on top of his $1,000 a month student loan bill would just leave him in a position where he would never be able to leave his sales job. And he didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So he came to me and he had this post-it note with like 15 different features of like this mobile app we can create. And I had a little bit of a tech background um, and, you know, have, have had companies in the past. And I realized this is a big problem. I have student loan debt. All of my friends have student loan debt. And we think that we have something here that can help a lot of people. Um, so we developed an MVP in, in late 2016. But, you know, I, I went to school. I had to borrow money. I didn't have the luxury of having my parents, um, you know, help contribute with my uh, my education. My mom was a single mom, immigrated here from Poland. So we had to kind of work our butts off to get what we wanted. And uh, I, I saw college as a great opportunity. Um, I, I understood that. I mean, I graduated in 2013 it'd be impossible for me to find a job that I wanted to do without a college degree. Now it's a little bit different where, you know, there are alternative education resources available to some people um, like developers, for instance, you could join a developer boot camp, uh, pay a couple thousand dollars uh, depending on, on where you go and then get a job making six figures. That's great. That's what, that's what I would have done if that was available to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I kind of took the path of uh, what was proven in the past in terms of going to college, and uh, it's it was worth it. I, I still think that a college education is worth the investment. You're going to earn 54% more than a non-college graduate over your lifetime. Um, it's just figuring out how to budget, get scholarships. Don't go on those spring break vacations during college if you can't afford it, um, and just be a little bit more responsible earlier on. So, like, they need to teach financial education in high school before you're sent into a financial aid office and signing contracts uh, for, loan, degree. Mm-hmm. for loans that you're going to have to pay off for the next 25 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So you back to the origin of the app. Yeah. Um, so you were like, let's, let's try to help solve this problem. And your idea was to round up people's purchases, right. And take those, right. stints, those, the change right from the from the roundup purchases, aggregate them and help people pay off their student loans faster without them thinking about it. Right. So I mentioned that that Dan came to me with this post and I had a bunch of features which were kind of rolling out um, as we continue to grow. So one of our one of the features on the on the post note was a friends and family feature where mom and dad, aunt and uncle, husband and wife can help contribute. That's been rolled out. So we initially wanted to launch an MVP, which is a minimum viable product, out into the market and see if people responded. Um, so the first thing we launched was a basic app that had a roundup feature where you can round up transactions, 
um, save, and then we would automate payments toward your student loan debt. Um, so that was version one of the product. It was relatively straightforward and simple. We launched that in early 2017. We were able to get some early traction on the product. We were featured by Apple uh, and the App Store as one of the new apps we love. Um, we ended up setting $100,000 in loan payments in 2017. Did you have a question, Drew? No, I said that's huge. Yeah, no, that, that was, it was, awesome. the funny thing is, is we were running a beta live on the App Store in January of 2017. We were like, ah, no one's going to find this app. It takes, you know, a lot of, a lot of luck and, and whatever to, to get noticed on the App Store. Um, so we were running a beta test with a few hundred users. Then all of a sudden in March, without Apple telling us before, during, or after, they featured our beta as one of the new apps they love i'm like and we were like oh crap we got to get our stuff together luckily we had everything set up and it was scalable um but you know users were going through a clunky onboarding with a not perfect user interface but you know the fact that they went through all of that and signed up told us that this was something that was needed by by borrowers so Mm. uh, we continued trucking on and uh 2017 was a great, great launch 2018 we had the opportunity to pitch on Shark Tank and get a deal with Mark Cuban, which is a huge exposure channel for us that boosted our users and everything. Um, 10x in 2018, we, in 2018, we sent over $2 million in student loan payments mm. uh, and build more features and functionality into the app. And then 2019, now we're on track to hit $6 million in payments. So we're continuing to grow and make an impact. Um, and, you know, we, we looked at our data and how much time and money we're saving for our members. Yeah. And we've... Like I say decades because when I say centuries, people tend not to believe me, but we've saved centuries in repayment for our, you know, tens of thousands of users. We're managing over $1.6 billion in student loans on the platform and really making an impact. Like the big numbers are great, but when we get an email from someone that have paid off their student loans because they've, they've used changed. Yeah. That's a lost customer for us, but we've made an impact there. And then what we do is we feature those customers and users on our Instagram pages is member spotlights. And we tell their story around how they use change to pay off their debt, what their goal was in college and how, you know, they were able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's so cool. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta feel great to have that kind of impact in people's lives. Yeah. When you, when you have a bad day as a startup co-founder, for whatever reason, you know, it's a roller coaster as you guys, you guys well know <laughs> reading some of those, I have a folder on my desktop. That's just like cool milestone and, great feedback from user stuff. So you can just read through all of those and be like, all right, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So at, the way the app works is it rolls in these, um, it costs a dollar a month, correct? Right. So the monthly member fee costs a dollar a month. That's pulled directly from your spare change balance. Um, we decided that we didn't want to be a free app, so we didn't have to resort to selling data or doing some you know, other things that uh, certain fintechs do to, to maintain their app for free in the short term. And plus, we didn't raise a ton of money up front. Um, so, you know, we need to bring some revenue in and people were completely okay with that. You see value in something that you pay for. Um, but, you know, that dollar a month with your first payment sent through the change platform, on average, people are saving 30 to $40 in interest costs with that payment. So they're paying for years of that member fee with with just the uh um the savings and interest which is great and one go ahead drew so do you um yes dan do do you actually um uh make like 
small withdrawals for yeah. the change and store that? Yeah, yeah. So one yeah. of the one of the features of the app is a spare change roundup feature where you link your card, we analyze your transactions, you buy a cup of coffee for three dollars and forty five cents. We take $0.55 cents and transfer it to an FDIC-insured holding account that's mm-hmm. fiduciary. So what we do is we analyze those transactions. We accumulate your roundups. And once those roundups reach at least $5, we make an ACH transfer from the member's uh, bank or credit union account. And we transfer that into an FDIC-insured fiduciary account uh, under our change umbrella. And those funds stay there until you reach a $100 threshold. And then we send payments to the student loan servicer. We do that for a couple of reasons. One, it encourages people to save more. Uh, it gamifies the, the application a little bit more. And it gives us time to verify student loan information to make sure that we're sending it to the right loan with the right name on it and that there's a balance to pay against it. Just like in, more, in the mortgage lending industry, people, student loan servicers transfer uh, from borrower to borrower and people are buying loans here and there. So one day you can have your loan with Great Lakes and then two months later, Navient can be servicing that loan. So we want to make sure that we're sending the payment to the proper place. And so it doesn't take the, you still make your regular student loan payment. This is, this is an additional one on top. So it's kind of like paying down the principal. Right, exactly. So there's a big benefit of setting up auto auto debit with your servicer. You get a 0.25% interest rate reduction when you sign up for auto debit through your student loan servicer. Mm-hmm. And we don't want our borrowers to lose that. So we at, at some point, we will be able to send the full payment through the change platform. Um, but we don't want to risk losing that uh, 25% or 0.25% interest rate reduction. But all the payments that you send through change are meant to be additional payments to get you ahead of that loan, to pay more down on interest to, if you're in school, eliminate the interest that's accumulating so it doesn't capitalize after you graduate um, and, you know, just providing this positive reinforcement throughout the entire journey. One of the coolest things is that we get current college students to sign up and start paying um, their student loan debt while they're still taking out more student loans. It's interesting because, you know, you're teaching someone the value of money and, and just in general about what a loan does in terms of the interest it'll cost you. Um, so those are the, the customers that are really kind of taking, taking the student loan head, heads on and, and trying to do everything they can to, to leave without it. Yeah, I think that can address one of the biggest issues is the mentality of college students that they can just, you know, push off loans to some later date when they've got a high paying job and it's like not really a problem. Um, so bringing that more up to the, you know, surface of actually paying loans when they take them out, then I could see how that makes it more tangible. Yeah. That, it's, it's so much easier to push it back, right? Like every, every consumer doesn't want to worry about making these payments now. Um, and you know, we're helping reframe that student loan debt, which is probably one of the biggest benefits of the application. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As an action, actionable tool, but the positive reinforcement you get by seeing that, oh, wow. This $5.25 transfer that's moving from my account right now is actually worth $7.24 because it's being applied to my 8% interest loan or whatever it is. Like we're constantly creating value throughout the entire experience. Um, so people stick around and actually make an impact on their student loan debt. Outside of using Changed, do you have any other tips or tricks or recommendations for people trying to manage their student loans? 
Yeah, try not taking them out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, so for, for kids in college now, like try to limit the amount you're taking out. Cause if you're taking out a hundred dollars now, that hundred dollars might be worth, or might actually cost you one or two or $300 down the road. So you could do a lot more with that extra couple hundred bucks. Uh, but then just in general, uh, for people that are paying down their student loans, um, make sure that, you know, you set up for, you're set up for auto pay auto debit because it does give you that 0.25 interest rate reduction, uh, with most servicers, make sure that your loan is a loan that ha- is, you know, I don't want to say, how do I say this? Make sure you have the best loan available to you. Cause when you graduate for, or when you first apply for your loans and you get your loan through college, you're, you're not, you're not credit worthy. You're getting a co-signer. You might not have the best interest rate let's say 10 years down the line, you're making more money and your credit's a little bit better. It might make sense to refinance that debt at a much lower interest rate um, where it'll cost you a lot less in the long run. So make sure you're, you're open to opportunities like that. And then if yeah. you're at risk of default or delinquent or you can't make a payment, do not ignore the student loan servicers. Uh, student loan debt <laughs> is one of the only debts that cannot be forgiven with bankruptcy. So unless you know, there's, unless there's some undue hardship, it's very difficult to get rid of student loan debt, which is again, another political issue uh, that people are talking about. But, you know, this, it's, it's really important not to let a couple of missed payments, um, you know, affect your credit right around 10% of uh, student loans are in delinquency or in default. And that's rising uh, in certain cases. So uh, staying on top of it's really important. And And there's a difference between delinquency and forbearance, right? Yeah, so forbearance is some is an agreement you make with your student loan servicer saying, "Hey, I can't afford to pay this for a determined period of time." So if you know you lose your job or uh, you end up with a medical uh, you know issue, you can tell your student loan servicers like, "Hey, I can't make this payment for six months." They'll put it in forbearance. Interest will continue to accumulate, but you won't have to make that payment and won't negative negatively impact your credit score. Mm. Um, delinquency is when you're late on your student loan, uh, I think over 90 days. And then default is when you've completely stopped paying off your student loan and their collection actions begin. Mm. In the news recently, there's been, um, people who have worked in jobs that they thought qualified them for student loan forgiveness, but it didn't really pan out like that. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with this story? I'm familiar with the story. I'm not a law professor, so I don't know why those borrowers were denied. I, I, I am almost certain that the system is broken and they make it very, very difficult for someone to qualify for that. Um, I know you have, you've, you, have ha- you have had to have made 120 qual- quote-unquote qualifying payments toward your loan from you're you signing up for the public student loan forgiveness program, but for whatever, let's say you're late a, a, a day or you don't file a paperwork on a yearly basis or whatever it may be, um, you lose that qualification. I think like 1% of people qualified for it uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. There are changes that are going to have to be made there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's the responsibility of the borrower to understand all of this and educate yourself around this. You know, we have resources throughout our website to help you understand more of 
what your student loan means, what forbearance means, what default is, what the public student loan forgiveness program is, and how to qualify. So what we're doing is not just trying to help the borrowers around this regular standard repayment track, but if you're, you know, um, in for public student loan forgiveness or you're on an income-based repayment plan, you can learn more about that by just checking out resources on our site or just generally anywhere um, that the information is available. Hmm, cool. Um, so where do you think the changed, changed mission will take you in the future? Where do you see the app going? Or so I, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, told this to Dan when we first started the company, because we found this funky little statistic that said student loan debt grows at over $2,800 per second, every second. So every second we're talking here, the student loan debt is accumulating by Mm $2,800. Our mission and our goal was to have that go backwards. So we want to start having student loan debt in this country be reduced by $2,800 a second, right? It's a lofty goal, um, but it's, it's, it's a really, really big problem that's affecting a lot of people in a, in a very emotional way. Student loan debt is not your typical debt. It's, it's a debt that you borrowed when you were 18 years old with the hopes of having a better life. And then when you leave school, you have to make all these decisions carrying $80,000 behind you and everyone, you know, making decisions from a you know, banking perspective on whether or not you can pay back a loan or, or start this business or do whatever it is. Um, so our goal is to make people more uh, or bring student loan debt more front and center in people's minds. And then after that, obviously expanding to their next financial milestones. So helping them with their next financial decision as we continue to grow and help more customers, you know, pay down their student loan debt. Well, thanks, Nick. Thanks for this rundown. And where can people um, download the app? Yeah. Um, so we're available on iOS and Android. Um, you can just search changed, C-H-A-N-G-E-D. You can also just Google changed, C-H-A-N-G-E-D. We pop up right under right under the definition of change. Um, or you can reach out to me um, and I can you know answer any questions you have. My email address is nick at changedapps.com. That's N-I-C-K at C-H-A-N-G-E-D-A-P-P-S.com. I'm happy to talk through uh, any questions anyone may have. Yeah, very cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right. Nick. Well, that does it for this episode of Budgeting Redefined. I want to thank Nick Sky from Change for coming on. And also, if you are interested in downloading the weekly app, it's an app that helps you stay on budget. Just go to weeklybudgeting.com. We appreciate you listening to this podcast, and we look forward to talking again with you soon. And if you like the music that you're hearing right now, go check out the No BS Brass Band on Spotify. Thanks again and happy budgeting.